Scale Well Podcast. How to use technology to scale your business. All right, welcome to the Scale Well Podcast, guys. My name is Phil Bean. This is Matt Gamble. We're two of the founders of Nudge Coach, an easy-to-use client management platform for fitness businesses. And today we have with us Sean Greeley, a former pro wakeboarder, fitness business owner, and a cancer survivor. Uh, Sean's the founder and CEO of NPE. Sean's guided NPE to become an acknowledged global leader for fitness business leadership, mentorship, and coaching. And by helping NPE clients systematize their businesses, um, maximize their opportunities, Sean has really created an organization that I think walks the walk in the industry. So we're really excited to have you here, Sean. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Great to be here with you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you being here, Sean. It's uh, great to reconnect with you. I know we've had so much fun getting a chance to meet everybody and everybody at NPE. And I think we've all just been really impressed with really what you all bring to the industry because I think what we see pretty regularly, at least we do with a lot of our partners, is just there are a lot of questions out there with, you know, a lot of these professionals in fitness and wellness really great at working with clients, but maybe not as strong at running their business or really taking their concept from a handful of clients really to something a little bit more scalable. So we'd love to hear kind of from you the story about NPE, how you got into it and kind of take us to where we are today. Yeah, great. Uh, well, thank you. Well, my story, my background is um, I was an athlete growing up, did a lot of sports. Uh, my mom was a, a downhill uh, ski instructor, so I raced downhill snow skiing since I was three years old, grew up nice. in New England. Uh, I was a track and field guy, I ran the 400 meters and competed in that uh, as well. And when it uh, came time to go to, to college, I got a, a scholarship for music. I played the cello for 12 years. Uh, I got a scholarship offer for track and field and an admin for academics. Uh, and I told my parents, that I wanted to go to Florida and become a professional wakeboarder. Uh, <laughs> and they said, are you crazy? Uh, I remember my dad, you know, just, just shaking his head. Uh, but uh, was, they were supportive uh, of, of, you know, my dreams. And so uh, I moved to Florida, went to college down here, a school called Rollins College, uh, just in Winter Park, Florida. Uh, trained uh, during my, my college years and uh, was invited to join the U.S. team. Uh, when I finished college, I spent three years uh, traveling on the world, doing wakeboarding events, uh, competing, was on the U.S. team, uh, competing in world championships, um, European championships. It was a great time, really my first kind of goal in life as a, you know, uh, competing as a, you know, uh, athlete and achieving support goals, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and during that time, I started uh, coaching. I started coaching uh, wakeboarding. I started coaching gymnastics so I could have a place to work out and practice some acrobatics that helped the wakeboarding. Uh, and then I started coaching adults in fitness. I had a good friend of mine who was the person uh, inspired me to get my certification to become a personal trainer and started coaching uh, adults. And I, I just found a great fulfillment out of that experience, uh, seeing how helping someone with their, their health and fitness journey uh, just uh, transformed their entire being, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Not just yeah. their, their health mm-hmm. or recovering from pain or injury or whatever it may be, but um, – uh, transform their confidence, their belief system, their spirit, right? Everything uh, in their life got better through that pathway through personal development. And they were able to improve their careers, their relationships, uh, every aspect of their lives. And to be, um, you know, paid and compensated uh, as a job to help someone do that uh, was just amazing to me mm-hmm. um, and just felt so fulfilled in that work. Um, and so uh, I was doing that uh, and, and competing in sport. And as I finished my sports career, my parents said, 
great you've been doing this coaching thing, but have you thought about getting a real job? Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, coaching was not considered a real job per se, you know, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, if you, you know, if you don't know what you want to do, you go to graduate school, you just yeah, stay in, sure. the, in the educational <laughs> system. Right. Uh, and so they encouraged me to, to go get an MBA. Uh, and so, um, I signed up for an MBA program, uh, went to the first day of class for orientation, uh, and, uh, listened to the professor who was doing the orientation who had, had never really run a business in his life with a professor, academic professor, uh, and the students I had in the program that I had uh, joined at, uh, University of Central Florida here where, you know, most of my peers were just wanting to, uh, party a little longer, extend their college experience. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how graduate school works, I think. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and push off paying their, paying back their, their loans, right? Their, their education debt. And so that was not the environment I wanted to be in or where I found, you know, I was in, in the right place. So, uh, I made the bold, courageous move to get up the first day, walk out and never go back, uh, <laughs> to graduate school. Um, so that's a real I paid, story. Uh, I had heard that and I had totally assumed it was a rumor. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. And, uh, I had paid $10,000 for the first semester of my own, you know, cold, hard cash and never got it back. Wow. Uh, so I was, I was burning the boats hard, um, that day and, and, um, I didn't really have a clear plan or direction of what was next. Uh, I was just, I knew I was passionate about sports and health and fitness and I knew, um, that I was in the wrong place, uh, in that program. And so I, I left and I said, I'm, I, I, you know, don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to start a, a company and I'm going to build it around my passions in sports and health and fitness. Uh, and so I did. Uh, and I went from just myself uh, as a, you know, part-time uh, fitness coach, personal trainer, mm-hmm. um, to actually uh, creating a company, uh, building staff, building it. And, and in three years I built uh, two locations. I had uh, eight coaches working for me. We served over 653 clients in the Central Florida marketplace. Uh, I was recognized as one of the top five uh, personal trainers in, in North America, um, and uh, was really, you know, achieving some good success at a at a very young age. I mean, I I did everything I wanted to do in that in that three year run. It was building a fitness business, right? Uh, so, uh, but I was a little bit. I achieved that uh, goal and I was a little bit unfulfilled uh, and also looking at what's next. Uh, and for me, uh, a lot of fulfillment comes at, at, at you know, uh, giving myself a challenge and, and, and pushing myself to grow and to, to overcome that challenge and achieve success. And so, and I, and I really wasn't, I wasn't feeling a challenge in building a more fitness studios. Uh, but I was trying to explore, do I, do I franchise this concept? Do I go, you know, do I continue to scale and add three and four locations? Um, and I just wasn't, wasn't as, I wasn't really sure what to do. I wasn't inspired in that direction. Uh, and around that time I, I, um, had a big life change, uh, and to do with my health, as you had mentioned. So, uh, I had a, a, a freckle that had turned dark on my forehead and my mom said, you got to get that looked at. And I said, mom, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy. That's for like gramps, you know, don't worry. I'm, I'm good. Don't <laughs> worry about me. Uh, but I agreed to go. I went to the dermatologist and. Uh, even he said, yeah, you're fine, but we'll just, you know, we'll check it. We'll let you know. And, uh, I got a call a week later and they told me it was stage four melanoma cancer and I need to, uh, not leave town. And I had to go to surgery right away. And, um, and that kind of just changed the course of my life. Uh, as I started going through that process, 
um, you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to be dead in a year. Uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, very uncertain. And so, uh, I sold my businesses. I focused on my health. Um, and as I was starting to, you know, fortunately I, I sold, I, I had some money. I could take some time to kind of focus on my health and figure that out. Um, as I started to transition uh, out of that, uh, I was, I was just, you know, I asked myself, what do I want to do if I'm only going to be on this planet for one more year? Right. Uh, and I just wanted to uh, help as many people as I could. And I had a lot of friends that were uh, coaches that had started their own studios or fitness businesses. And they were struggling with, uh, with challenges, you know, all the typical small business owner challenges of where do I find customers and how do I sell customers and how do I hire more staff? And I don't understand my finances and my books and, cash flow management and um, how do I work through these, you know, challenges that, that kill most small businesses, right? Most succeed 81% fail in the first, you know, 24 months. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was uh, someone who, who did cheat, who, you know, I'd been through that run myself. I knew how to do it. And I just started helping and really just on the phone, I'd have some phone calls with friends and helping them solve some of those problems by sharing some of the solutions I had and it worked for me. Uh, and as I started to get healthier, um, I was just so inspired with that work and thought, man, this is, this is now the next, you know, fulfillment for me. I felt the same experience when I first helped a client, you know, achieve some health goals, mm -hmm. helping a friend achieve, uh, business goals that was helping not only them, it was helping them personally, but it was helping their staff. It was helping the greater community they were serving. It was helping their families. Uh, everything was improving as a result of, of that work. And so, uh, that was that was incredibly inspiring to me. Uh, formed a company, NP, in July of '06. Uh, in uh, in November of '06, I went to a business conference and saw how to actually put some um, and put some some business models to actually just time for money, helping people as a consultant uh, in a way that you can the online uh, program. Uh, like virtual mentorship, basically it was at the time uh, getting, you know, it was like a couple of webinars a month, kind of group coaching thing, uh, had a hundred people sign up for a hundred dollars a month and uh, had, you know, a reoccurring revenue business model that was off to the races. And that yeah. was really in November of 06 and uh, where MP began um, and, uh, uh, you know, stayed focused around um, the people, you know, the, the great thing about business is you don't have to, you don't have to figure out what to do. You have to listen <laughs> really well to the market yeah, right, right. and let the market tell you what to do. Right. And so, um, we had the first thing we launched was, a um, uh, teaching people how to do, uh, run a workshop. So launch a big workshop for the new year, have people come in, do it with partners. And then at the end, you know, the goal would be to sign up a group of clients and, and, and front load your business with clients for the new year as a fitness professional. Right. And so had a bunch of people that uh, executed that strategy very well, uh, ran great workshops, had a lot of people attend, you know, we had people sending in photos of like workshops with 50, 75, 100, 125 people that showed up for these workshops. They did a great job executing that strategy. Uh, but at the back end of that, uh, some people can convert very well into um, acquiring new clients out of that. Some people, you know, did a event and then, nothing happened, right? Uh, so they were failing in the conversion piece of mm -hmm. sales, of how to actually take people that are interested in how do I sign them up as customers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so 
um, this is this is where I, I feel like the journey really began for NP uh, at this point because was it just you um, now really had, at this point? Was it just you, or had you brought uh, on more people at this point? Yeah. So no, there was there's uh, we had a small team. I well, I had an assistant. Uh, I had a I had a co-founder at that point, um, and uh, this was the early stages of of the company. Um, and then we had a. Uh, so we had this group of people that had this problem, right? So they, they, we, we got them, we got them to the one yard line and they couldn't Mm -hmm. convert right (laughs) into the end zone. And so how do we solve this problem? So, um, this was something that I, I, you know, had a a very simple sales system that I had built and used in, in my businesses. And, uh, I packed that up into a a course called auto closer, which is still our most successful, uh, best-selling course today. We teach fitness professionals uh, how to how to sell face-to-face, um, how to package and price their services, and uh, some of those things. And so we taught. Uh, this is a six-week course of teaching people how to sell, uh, and which is a, a huge pain point. And you know, come to find out, the biggest pain point in the service industry is yeah. people, um, especially service providers, are uncomfortable when asking people for money, uh, are scared to ask for the sale you know, have to adjust their paradigm with what they think about sales versus their role as a service provider and how those are not misaligned. They're actually truly aligned in serving mm-hmm. people because the moment at which someone makes a decision to change your life is the only moment of which and any experience you have in skills and personal training or fitness can actually make an impact, mm-hmm. right? So helping someone through that journey of the making that decision and commitment to their goals is where the magic and the spark begins. Uh, and so, uh, teaching people that pro that system, uh, you know, we had customers that would go from, you know, earning two thousand a month to three four months later bringing in twenty twenty five thousand a month in revenue, um, which was you know transformational for the business owners, right? And, and it came down to you know a few points of teaching them how to pre qualify properly, uh, teaching them how to package and price their services better instead of selling like four session packs. Now they're selling 12 month programs mm-hmm. uh, and, and teaching them a system of how to communicate effectively and be confident in that. So um, that was where, you know, I, I think it, uh, the, the, the growth really took off uh, teaching people how to sell because that, that uh, such a valuable skill um, to our industry and to our market that um, yeah, we, we was, you know, and we, we helped people solve that problem that, that um, now they had money, right. And they had clients and mm-hmm. then, um, listening to the market again. What was the next roadblock? Well, next roadblock was now I got, I got money and I got clients, but <laughs> I don't have enough hours in the day to fulfill all these hours. I got mm-hmm. with people that want to work with me. Uh, so teaching them how to hire staff and how to start to build a team of coaches uh, and such was the next solution. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you look back a few months later, and I have a business that's you know four or five x what it was six months ago right? Uh, in terms of volume and size. And, and now they actually need some real, you know, lead generation marketing systems. You can't just live off of, you mm-hmm. know, referrals and people saying nice things about you to, you know, <laughs> feed your, feed your business. So um, teaching them, you know, sophisticated marketing. And, and really that's just been the journey over the last 10 years of, of my life has been, uh, you know, listening to what the problems that are, are the market is experiencing our customers and prospective customers are experiencing. And, uh, you know, building solutions and working on systems and team and infrastructure and more to scale that. Uh, and so, uh, you know, 10 years later, NP has been, uh, you know, served over 24,000 business owners in 95 countries uh, we have today. 
uh, you know, team of about 50 uh, staff around the world. We have three offices in Orlando, Florida, in the USA. We have an office in London, uh, England. We have an office in Sydney, Australia. Um, we've been listed uh, seven times in the 505,000 list of fastest growing uh, U.S. companies, mm-hmm. uh, privately owned U.S. companies. We've been uh, just recognized this year as the top uh uh, management training education company in the UK, and so it's been a it's been a wild journey over the last uh, you know decade of of that uh, as an entrepreneur. That's awesome! What a story! Did mm-hmm. so. One question for you: When you started helping business owners go through this process, did you have any idea that you were going to kind of scale beyond just kind of being a solopreneur or you know a one man show to really growing this this business the way you have? Did you see it growing and scaling to this potential? No, <laughs> no, I did not. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, what I really did was I fell in love with the work. Um, I fell in love with the process of, of solving, helping the market solve those problems uh, and of, you know, working through the challenges of building a company to do that at scale. Um, and, uh, and I still am in love with solving those problems and they're hard problems, right? They're really, yeah. it, it doesn't get easier. You know, it just, you get better and, and you face diff- more difficult challenges at the next level, uh, at every stage of growth. Uh, that is what entrepreneurship is all about. It's about solving problems for the market, mm-hmm. uh, solving problems in your company and working through growth of the company to scale. Um, and, and, you know, if you enjoy those things, you're going to love this journey. Uh, and it is, a, it is an unbelievable adventure. Uh, it's the best adventure I could have, you know, I could ever ask for in my life for sure. Right, right, right. Well, what's so, so you have a, you know, you're, I think in a unique position where you're able to kind of oversee a lot of what's going on in the market at this point. I mean, we, we, you mentioned, you know, closing clients and sales is certainly one of the toughest things probably affecting most business owners, but for your perspective, what do you see the, the kind of main things really plaguing fitness businesses right now and holding them back from growth? Uh, yeah, so so in some of that, I think to give some context, uh, we have a model we, we developed over the last 10 years called the six stages of fitness business growth. And it really defines uh, different stages of growing a business and what are the key uh, pain points and challenges at each stage and what are the keys to focus on to move to the next level, right? So for instance, in the story I shared about uh, our journey, right? So in the beginning, it was helping people learn how to sell, right? And that was the challenge is learn how to sell. And then you solve the problem, you know how to sell, and you're making lots of sales. The next problem is, now I need a team, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I've sold too much, and I can't do it all. So you're, there's, there's problems and challenges that you've over, overcome at every stage in the journey. Uh, but if I could kind of frame the, the main challenges, uh, I think, um, for everyone uh, at every stage is certainly uh, your – your mindset, uh, and your, uh, your vision. Um, I think most people think too small. Uh, they aren't challenged to think bigger, um, about their life, about their work, about their company. Um, and, um, to understand that the journey is a balance between your personal growth and development, uh, because your, 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 your business will be limited by your capacity, your personal capacity, right? As a leader, as a, as a successful human being, as a, someone who has discipline and perseverance and uh, has balance in their life with their health and their relationships and their work and all those things we've got to come overcome as human beings in our personal growth and development. Uh, so that's a big key. And then the other key is working through the business challenges at each stage, which will vary. 
but I think the majority of the fitness industry is like most small businesses in that in every service business is that you struggle with how to sell uh, and, and how to value yourself and ask for money and you learn how to do that. And then you struggle with how to um, start to hire the right and build a team of the right people that um, are aligned with your core values, your purpose, your mission, and uh, you can trust and are going to take care of your customers and just the, like the, like you would, or if not better than you would. Um, and that's a, that's a tough, shift for the business owner too because in the beginning it's all about you and you don't think anyone can do it better than you and that's what gives you the impetus to go press and do something other people won't do in the market by creating a company uh, but then you have to shift that and you have to actually believe that people can do it as good as you yeah. because you better find them and hire them to work for you uh, and you better you know help develop them and grow them uh, to support your team so I think those are those are uh, a lot of the, the key pieces and then you know and then, then the marketing component right so sales is very systematic uh building a team is more complicated because we're working with people and people are complex yeah uh, and mm -hmm. it takes a lot of work in, in terms of leadership development and such um uh but as you do that then you know then you start to work through uh the marketing you know the marketing is a um and customer acquisition so you know and, and at the end of the day there's there's you know the main pieces of building a company are the customer acquisition mm -hmm. team right sales and marketing those functions they're the product of how you continue to evolve your service or your programs or whatever you do that, that is uh, evolving to meet the needs of the market, best serve the market. Uh, and then there's the operations, right? So managing the operational components of fulfilling on the work, whatever you sold, the work you do, right? So there's challenges in each of those areas, the sales and marketing, mm -hmm. uh, the product and program development, um, you know, the stuff we're doing today, none of us were doing 10 years ago or 10 years before that didn't even exist. Right. So you got to stay ahead on that. And then the operational components of, of, of that and, and, uh, and, and team leadership and more. So all of that's uh, critical for success through every stage of growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something I'm really interested in, especially lately that we've seen more and more, and I think it draws on some parallels from um, like athletics that come over to the business world is you talk about this mindset change that a lot of people need. And, and to me, and from what we've seen, a lot of times it's kind of a coaching mindset and you're seeing more and more people call themselves coaches, mm -hmm. um, refer to themselves as coaches and, and approach things, I think, a little more holistically in terms of balancing their life and, and focusing on different aspects um, of their business from a bigger picture perspective. Um, are you seeing that a lot? Is that something you're, you're coming across as well? Seeing more people call themselves coaches and approach their businesses more holistically like that? Yeah, I think, you know, I think number one, it's the, it's the only sustainable play in the marketplace, right? Yeah. Uh, for everyone, uh, for the people we serve, um, are struggling with balance of, of their, you know, obligations and roles and stressors in life and that's affecting their health and well-being, right? So we've got to, we've got to help them overcome that challenge. Um, and, uh, you know, as a good friend Paul Check says, if you're not uh, ahead of the, the person you're, you're working, then you're just two people getting lost, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you, you've got you've to be able to, to master yourself in those domains if you're going to lead others in those domains, right? So um, I think it's, it's, uh, it's critical. Uh, and, and, you know, the speed at which we're growing today, the world's evolving, technology, um, you know, while that's great in the, um, the end of the day, you know, human beings, we all just want to, we want to be happy. We want to be fulfilled. We want to be healthy. We want to feel like we've got control over our lives and we're able to, to enjoy our experience and journey. And, and, um, you know, so, so the holistic view is, is, you know, it's the only thing that's the sustainable play for everyone involved.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and one thing as we're talking about, you know, seeing kind of NPEs growth and looking at, you know, I think one of the most interesting things about, you know, focus is critical for any business. But when we look at service businesses, I think it becomes so critical because, you know, from us, Phil and I come from more of a product side where, you know, we, it's, it's easier for us to stay within a niche. I think in a service business, as you probably saw growing your business, people start asking for more and more and eventually you can get very spread out. And I think we see some businesses that, you know, try to do too much and try to be all things to all people. And eventually, you know, that's not sustainable. So one question I had for you as you were getting NPE off the ground was, you know, how were you able to kind of put a model around this? You know, you took something very, you know, you take a consulting model, you put them as kind of a SaaS, you know, pricing mechanism to it at first, and then you've kind of grown it out. Can you walk through that kind of how you, you know, found out your price point and kind of the exercises you went through to kind of put the model together? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, so, you know, in the, you know, no one was thinking SaaS 10 years ago, right? So, no, no, of course It wasn't not. like the SaaS world. So yeah. um, I don't think any of us looked at a SaaS, con- I mean, frankly, all, all the SaaS model was, you know, or there was no SaaS model. It was buy computer software one time and install it on your hard drive and use it, right? Yeah. Uh, there was no yeah. cloud cloud right. computing or software. Um, so, um, you know, the, the models of, of reoccurring revenue and subscription revenue, I mean, that's the gym space has been doing that forever, right? Uh, you're, you know, back in the day, we had the Columbia Record House Club, you know, get 10 CDs for a penny and then you oh, yeah. get every month for a CD, right? So, um, you know, a lot of reoccurring revenue models start in mail order subscription, uh, you know, in gym memberships, physical uh, services and such. So, um, you know, this was really a, 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 a was not a model that we we invented. Uh, you know, it's just a model that um, you know it has been proven to work. And so, and you can create a reoccurring revenue model around almost anything, frankly. Uh, so, you know, it was it was you know, and, and frankly, if if you're not um, in a relationship where you're creating and delivering ongoing value to your customers, then you have a pretty weak business model. Uh, I'd hate to be in a transactional model where every day, you know, I think about like restaurants, like every day you got to wake up and hope all these people come in and buy food from you <laughs> to yeah. make yeah. like 2% margin and stay alive to live another day. Right. Um, and not only that, but you're going to put all this co- upfront cost, start capital into opening the restaurant and you're going to hope it works out and you're going to break, you know, you're going to be at a negative loss for the first five years. Like, Right. Are you kidding me? Right. Uh, that's crazy talk. Sign me up. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, the, the, the great thing is that um, in, you know, education, really what was the early days of information marketing? I think we're, we've moved away from that, but uh, in the early days of, you know, information marketing was being able to deliver you know, education and a combination of coaching, consulting and membership sites and the different hybrid models, you know, that were around, uh, and combined and used to to create dollar value of the market is you know is is, is what we followed, um, and that's what you know that's I, I think the even just a, a quick glance you realize that the only thing that you can build a business off of that's sustainable is reoccurring revenue. Uh, so how can you create and design a structure that that serves you know the market and mm-hmm. allows you to some predictability in building a business and making some decisions you need to, to, to invest in growth of a company. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was a really simple, you know, decision to start with that structure and uh, continue to grow it over the years. 
What's amazing because it 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 seems obvious, I think, to more and more people now. But it it and that's probably one of the most refreshing things about getting a chance to spend time with the NPE audience, the NPE network, is people get it. But we, I mean, you'd be amazed, Sean, a lot of the professionals that'll reach out to us uh, asking about the Nudge platform will then say, hey, I'm launching a business. I'm, you know, this is my model. What do you think? And they haven't even really considered any kind of reoccurring model. So it's, you know, I, I think you're, you're fighting the good fight and really leading this charge towards, hey, look, industry, we need, we need to be approaching it from this angle, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I'm with you. I think the whole idea of kind of one-time payment transactional models just yeah, yeah and I, think, I think the important thing that you brought up throughout that that I was going to ask about anyway is the implications for, you know, knowing what you're delivering to a client on an ongoing basis in, an, in a recurring model. Um, there are some expectations there that are a little different from the client per- perspective, the client experience that you have to deliver. Um, can you talk about some of the things that you have to consider when you are coming with that um, recurring model, um, approaching a client and talking to them about, hey, you're going to be paying me X amount a month here's what I'm going to be doing. What are some things you need to consider from a client perspective in that conversation? Yeah, well, I think, I think a lot of people um, where they get it wrong is they focus on their service and, 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 you know, what they're getting paid. The the whole goal is to focus on the need of the demand of the market and, and keep them focused on their path forward. Right. So, you know, we have in, in fitness, right. Someone comes to you, they want to, you know, get healthy. They're not going to, when they want to achieve a weight loss goal or a fitness goal or a sport goal, no one's doing that in 30 days, right? Or 60 days or 90 days, mm-hmm. right? It is a journey to do that and create sustainability. So, you know, I think, um, you know, when you ask people what their goals are and you get to why their goals are important to them and how committed are they to those goals, the only thing that makes sense is making a, a 12-month commitment or longer in most cases when it comes to your health, right? And mm-hmm. Investing in and working on your health to not only achieve some goals, but build in the habits, change your lifestyle, and give time for that process to occur because it's you're, you're making major changes that take time to cement into your life and are going to change your world. Um, and the same thing in business, right? So when, when with the services we offer, someone wants to grow their business, right? Uh, make more money. Well, that's not a one-time event, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not just like making a sale. Uh, you've got to make a lot of sales and you also have to learn how to manage that money and you have to learn how to build a team and you have to navigate all those stages of growth to grow a business, right? So, um, so that's, a, that's, a, that's a long-term journey. And so um, making sure that um, you know, you're, you're listening to what are the goals of the, what is the, the goal your customer has and what is the problem they have and what, it, what is it going to take in terms of time to really solve that problem? Um, and not only solve that problem, but, you know, lead them through solving the next problem that's going to come up as they're working through that, those phases of, of, of the journey. And so making sure that you keep the conversation from the sales perspective focused on that. It's not about you. It's not about your software or my services. It's about what is the client's goal and what do they need to be committed to to get there? Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you guide them in that decision and then just serve them through that journey, you know, it, it, in theory, it never ends, right? Uh, so um, if you're continuing to deliver value, and that's, that's the point of the ongoing relationship is you've got to have great ability to listen, uh, to listen to your customers, to um, evolve your product and service offerings, to best serve the market as the market grows, as the market evolves, as the industry changes and trends you know, come up, uh, is that, uh, 
you know, we all, you know, none of us were doing what we're doing today five years ago or five years before that. And it's not going to be the same in five years from today. Right. And in fact, it changes quicker and faster now than it ever has. Right. So, you know, every three, four, six months, 12 months, things are rapidly changing. Uh, so we've got to be really good listeners um, to our customers and to the market. Uh, we've got to be really quick to iterate uh, and evolve uh, the way we serve investor people to continue to deliver on that value proposition uh, and, 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 you know, serve people and lead them to success and whatever it is that, that, you know, we do. Yeah. Do you see that as one of NPE's kind of key roles now being that you are kind of the coach to the industry professional um, and how fitness is evolving quickly, like you talk about, um, I mean, how often do you guys go into meetings internally and just say, Hey, we have the six steps, this program lined out. It's really great. But what are the things we need to tweak, um, to make sure that we're delivering value because of this change in the industry? How often does that conversation happen? Yeah, well, it happens, uh, more and more frequently, right? <laughs> the bigger we get, um, our, our, you know, our company has had to evolve, continues to evolve to be. Um, you know, we've got a big customer base now, right around the world of people we serve. So, um, you know, we've got to have lots of listing devices. We got to have ways that information filters, you know, from the customer through the front lines all the way up through the chain of command. And we got to have, you know, iteration processes and, uh, program development that align, you know, align our product and service team with our, uh, you know, with our, our marketing team, with our sales team, with our services team, you know, that's going to be one continuous loop in our business, business development team, right? So all of those things have to be connected. Uh, we've got to have that. So, but the great thing is we've, we've been building a lot of systems in the past, especially this last year was a big year for building a lot of systems in so that we have, um, that loop, you know, running all the time. Um, and we've had those listening devices in place and we're able to, to bubble those up, review them and, you know, as far as our, our, uh, our really, uh, I'd say, you know, dev cycle really, uh, for development and then aligning the company, it's, you know, every quarter we get all the, all the department heads in for a couple of days, we go through a planning process and rhythm and, uh, we get clarity around our you know, objectives for the next 90 days and, uh, you know, set our tops and smarts and, uh, get aligned with the team on that. And then it's, you know, it's head down and go for, for a quarter. Right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, come out of that and look up and see where we're at and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, adjust course. So, you know, it's, it's like climbing a mountain. You know, there's times you got to be looking and charting your course and there's times you got to just, you know, just start climbing, uh, because mm -hmm. <laughs> you got a ways to go. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so, you know, you're, you're working on that journey all the time. Yeah. And I'm sure you all do a lot of OKR tracking and stuff internally. I know we just signed up for a platform recently. It's called a week done, which is what we've been. Do you all use uh, any kind of neat software to track goals and milestones internally? Um, yeah, we, we have actually, there's several different platforms we use for, for different things. Uh, some of those we, we've also developed internally, but, um, you know, as far as our, our, uh, um, you know, we've got, I mean, we've got KPI dashboards, you know, if you were coming to the office, you'd see big monitors up with yeah, yeah. KPIs and tracking against goals. You'd see our, our tops and smarts for the quarter and owners and measures of success. And, you know, are they green? Are they yellow? Are they red? purple you know what's the code on that and so that kind of stuff is visual for the whole company and um and uh you know we're, we have every every week uh, every employee of the company reports in on their metrics and uh, progress against goals and metrics that gets published company-wide around the world uh, every at the end of every week everybody reports in and then every monday you know what that's pulled and, and talked about and every uh you know with with me with all my department heads and uh you know 
uh, department heads with their team. And so, you know, when you, when you have the, the right metrics laid out from the top down and you're just always working to align the team and the company, uh, you know, to performance. And sometimes that's, you know, the leadership model and aligning everybody to the values of the organization. And uh, other times it's, you know, helping them develop new skills and developing their skills so they can grow and, you know, do things faster with, you know, learning new, new skills they didn't have uh, previously, right? Everybody's got to, in growth organizations, everybody's got to be <laughs> growing all the time mm-hmm. uh, or the company doesn't grow or, or, you know, or, or, or they get left behind. So uh, we're, we're working on that, you know, every week, every day. Have you seen challenges? I know we don't have too much time left, but I'm sure, you know, one of the things we encounter is having a remote team. I think it's, it's a little bit tougher keeping everyone on the same page. I'm sure you're seeing this too. I mean, are you all, uh, you know, we do team retreats as regularly as we can. I mean, have you seen anything that works really well from your perspective in terms of kind of keeping everyone on the same page, uh, managing a team? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, I spent a lot of time actually on this, especially this past year, because we've grown a lot and, and we have, you know, uh, frankly, we have more people remote or multi-location or virtual mm-hmm. uh, in our Orlando global headquarters than we do in the Orlando global headquarters. So, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of great studies that are out, you know, that, that talk about them, you know, the in-house team model, the all remote team model, and then the hybrid model. And, and uh, the hybrid model is the most difficult and challenging and complex to kind of, um, you can run a pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty simple to, to build culture with in-house team or all remote team, but the hybrid is like the complicated one. Mm -hmm. Um, not that can be one, it's just complicated. So, uh, you know, creating the, 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 the metrics, uh, making the metrics clear for every employee, every employee has to know what their role is, what their responsibility is, what success looks like for them Mm -hmm. in performance. Right. And then creating a system to report on that, continuously that guides conversations and alignment is, is huge. Um, uh, and then having, you know, a good meeting rhythm and good planning process uh, to set up the right priorities and align everybody, align teams and feel like everybody's, you know, gets a chance to uh, contribute to that planning process and uh, get the buy-in and the plan creation, all that kind of stuff is key. Um, and then, then, you know, the lastly though is, is the culture. At the end of the day, you can have the best strategy and all the metrics, the best plan in the world. Culture trumps strategy, right? Culture eats strategy for, for breakfast <laughs> uh, is a famous, uh, a famous, you know, uh, quote. So, um, you know, we, we, one of the things we created this past year was uh, I, I looked around our office and I said, what, what we need to, we need to do something. How do we do, how do we connect the remote team with the in-house team and, and really, right. um, you know, engage everybody. And so we created a, a, a team fund, we call it. Uh, and there's a, the team fund has their own hashtag. It's called hashtag team fund. Uh, <laughs> and we have a, uh, we have a team fund leader. We have a team fund committee uh, that's made up of, of uh, five people now on team fund. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, you know, about 10% of our, our company. Um, and uh, they plan events that uh, in, in, in different functions that kind of engage our, in-house teams and in-office teams around the world with our remote workers and uh, all kinds of fun ways. So, uh, and every, every month there's things going on. So we just had for just, it's, you know, we're recording this in December. It's, it's the holiday time. Uh, we had a, a contest where every employee, whether you're remote or in-house in an office, uh, decorated your, your desk with holiday decorations. Uh, and then we had everybody, you know, if you're in the office, we've got to go around in Orlando or if you're remote, people took video and send them in. We have a, yeah. a Slack channel. So we, we, we communicate a lot on Slack. So everybody sent in their desks 
uh, and their holiday, you know, uh, thing. And then we had a contest to decide on the best, the best winners of the holiday uh, desk, desk decorating contest, uh, which was a fun one. And, um, and then we also did with, we did a operation, uh, I think it's called operation, my child or Christmas child where every, we had everybody around the world, um, get these shoe boxes of, of um, gifts to give to send to kids around the world mm-hmm. uh, that don't, you know, get Christmas presents. And so, and we get to, um, which is really cool is you every, everywhere office in the world, the remote employees get to make a shoe box with toys for a boy or a girl, um, wrap it up, take it to drop off center. We get to track those packages all over the world, where they're going, who they're going to. And so, you know, having things that we can connect on um, and to, to have some fun uh, with each other. And then also to, give back and make a difference in our communities and around the world. You know, those are, those are great things to where you can really start to unite people and have some fun. So, um, so yeah, that's been a big initiative this past year and uh, something that, that we're, that we're growing with at MP for sure. Yeah. Lots of great lessons. Anyone listening? Yeah. Culture. What was it? Culture eats, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. I like it. Remember that one. Yeah, We wrote that one down. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'll turn it over to you. Uh, Sean, we've got a, the, the industry is changing a lot, as you know. Um, I want to know if, if you don't mind, what are some things that are really getting you excited about the way the fitness industry is evolving over the next couple of years and how you guys can help out? Yeah, I'm so excited about the growth of the industry because, uh, you know, the, the market, uh, and the world needs, needs leaders, needs leaders who can help more people, uh, you know, balance these, these things in their life and, and live a, a healthy life. And, um, and uh, the fitness industry is, is doing, you know, it used to be, uh, you know, there, there wasn't a fitness industry, you know, and, and, and it started with, you know, in maybe martial arts in like the seventies and, you know, and then we had bodybuilding and Jane Fonda in the eighties, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, you know, progression. I, I did a, a great talk around the last 50 years in the fitness industry uh, at our, our conferences this year. Uh, but as far as where we're heading is, is a really exciting time because technology is breaking down so many barriers. When you look at, um, how we're able to, to improve operations and scale operations and scheduling and billing and the way we deliver programming and engage our customers in communication. I mean, the platform you guys have created is incredible. I think just at the early days of really user adoption uh, and, uh, and professional engagement. So uh, it's tremendous. And then you look at how, you know, the barriers to entry for, for marketing um, and communication have changed. I mean, you used to have to have a significant budget for print marketing and now with the digital space and, you know, uh, Facebook and other platforms with mm-hmm. your phone, you can take out your pocket and you can be talking to the world, yeah. uh, you know, for free. Uh, it's crazy uh, how the, the barriers are breaking down and they're speeding up uh, and creating opportunity. You know, there's more opportunity um, now than there's ever been. You know, and it used to be, you know, you'd hear people say, if you can't make it America, you can't make it anywhere because America is a land of, of entrepreneurship and opportunity and, and, and free markets in, in, in most cases. Uh, uh, and now that's, you know, that it's really, um, you can say it of the world, right? Uh, is if you can't make it today, you can't make it because mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity that, you know, our, our grandparents, our grandparents, our great grandparents never had, never dreamed of in their life of how uh, we can, if you have a dream and you're willing to work for it, um, you can make anything happen today uh, in the world. Uh, and so, and, and the demand for, for what we do and helping people improve their lives and those healthier lives uh, is, is greater than it's ever been. Uh, and so that gets me excited. Um, and I love uh, the ability to make an impact on that and make a difference in the world for entrepreneurs, for business owners, and, 
and their families and, uh, and helping them, you know, impact more lives through the work they do. So, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a, a heck of a time, um, to be in, in the world and be in business today. God, thanks, Sean. That's, well, awesome. that's, that's a powerful message to leave on. I love it. So where can people go and uh, check out what MPE is doing and, and uh, learn more about what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, come check us out. Our website is uh, netprofitexplosion.com uh, and uh, check us out online. Come, you know, uh, check out our blog, download some of our, our reports and information. Uh, come check us out at an event. We're all, literally all over the world all the time. Yeah. So uh, you'll come find us somewhere and uh, we look forward to meeting you and, and, uh, and connecting with you in the future. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sean Greeley, founder and CEO of, of NPE. Thanks so much for being with us. And guys, go ahead and check out the Scale Well podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Subscribe, rate us. We'd love to hear what you think. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks.